is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Yeah, calling all up on my show. Oh, what's going on, guys? We are here on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR. Are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here on the PC ones and twos, and you can always follow me on Twitter at Stan Fritz, on Instagram at Stan Fritz, on Facebook at Stanley Goodhair Fritz, and on Snapchat, which I don't really use because Rihanna said not to at Dark Skin Swindle. And I got my friends in the studio, and they are here on their computers because I forgot mine. Trying to make sure you can see us on the Facebook Live time. Alyssa, tell these people about you. Good morning. Um, I'm Alyssa Fuchs. I am your political and legal correspondent and your influencer. Yeah. Um, Anyways, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S if you're nasty. Um, Or you can find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, you know, because I got to keep things mixed up. Um, You can also leave a question or comment on our fan page, Politically Preposterous. That's facebook.com slash Politically Preposterous. And of course, you know, you can always leave a question or comment on our Let Your Voice Be Heard live stream. I hope you're tuning in via our live stream um, or, you know, call us at 212-650-6903. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Happy Sunday. And welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, and pop culture from a very diverse perspective. We appreciate all you guys for tuning in live via Facebook Live and as well as all those in our podcast community who are listening via Spotify, iTunes, Thank you for that support. My name is Selena Hill. On Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And Miss is spelled with an M-S-F-Y-I. Just let you guys know that. What, what? And I really do like Alyssa's shirt. It says influencer. Like, I think I need one. I think I need one of those shirts. Express. <laughs> Express. Thank you. All right. Um, so we have a guest, our, one of our guest correspondents here. We have Joshua Cannon, um, who's all dressed up. I think he's running for office. Um, let, what's going on, Josh? Nah, nah, don't gas the people. Um, yeah, I'm just here looking sharp. You know, I got some other events to attend to. Uh, but what event? Uh, so Tish James is having a swearing in this, this uh, afternoon. So I'll be attending that. John Jay College. Oh, okay. It's actually really important news. It's the first time we've had a black woman as an attorney general in all of the history of New York State. So. Right. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to Tish James. It's big. Right. No, congratulations to her. Um, and, of course, guys, we have a great show lined up for you. Hold on, Josh. Were you finished with your introduction? I feel like we just like, <laughs> cut you off. Like, hold on. Finish introducing yourself. Okay, yeah, so I'm a board member at Community Board 10, executive director of Uptown uh, Democratic Club. Uh, real estate professional with UMDI. We do uh, property management development for affordable housing. Okay. Now, that being said, we have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about everything from Donald Trump to R. Kelly and everything else that we predict will ha- probably happen in this year. So, I mean, if you think back about how crazy the years have been ever since Donald Trump was elected into president, it seems like it's Everything has spiraled out of control. It all just like starts to go together after a while. There's so much yeah, craziness. Right. I can't even keep track of what year is what. No, right. Didn't, I, didn't I ask you last yep. year about Char- like on the phone call? I was like, wait, wasn't Charlottesville Charlottesville this year? Yep. And everybody's like, nah, it was 2017. Yeah, that's how crazy. And then I had to go look it up, and then it, she was right. It was 2017. Absolutely. That's how crazy these last few years have been. So we're gonna use that as pretty much as a benchmark, as well as tap into our expertise and speculation and talk about 
about what we think will happen in 2019, right? Can it and will it get even worse? I say so. Um, But we're also going to talk about how we can make sure that we are impacting the change that we want to see. And, of course, we want you to let your voice be heard. So feel free to leave us comments on Facebook Live. Tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. And call in at 212-650-6903. Yeah, so Stanley, what are you most excited about to talk about for this show? Oh, man, there's so much stuff to talk about, actually. I am really interested to talk about the conversation we've all been talking about all week, which is the Surviving R. Kelly. Oh, yes, Surviving R. Kelly, the docu-series that everyone is talking about. We're going to talk about that when we we have the category of pop culture. So we're going to talk politics, immigration, criminal justice reform, and then we're going to end on pop culture. And again, guys, feel free. Let your voice be heard. The number is 212-650-6903. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Trump and will he be impeached in 2019. There we go. Learning Computers, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, I'm Stanley Fritz here with Alyssa Fuchs, Selena Hill, and of course, Josh. I think Lil Uzi Vert is better than Jay-Z. <laughs> Do you guys remember that epic argument where Josh insinuated that Lil Uzi Vert was Listen, at least more, I guess, exciting or excitable? The new wave is taking over. Y'all no, gotta not. let that old stuff Did die. Did you hear Jay-Z's? Well, of course you couldn't appreciate it because you're a youth. So I'm not even gonna oh get involved in that. Come Jay-Z's on, washed, bro. You gotta hang it up. Jay-Z's washed. He's Jay-Z, washed. your faith could He's a never. successful businessman. Your you should just stick to that. don't even know how to read and complete sentences. Stick. They signed in 360 deals. Okay. Shoot. Bro. Does little Uzi Vert know how to Uzi. read? Selena. Little Uzi, I'm sorry. You know, I really feel like that's insulting. These men are Does young he? entrepreneurs. Does he? <laughs> These men are young <laughs> entrepreneurs, young black men, and you're, and you're insinuating that they're because well, you don't like the art that they make, that they're I illiterate. I like Uzi Vert's music. I love little Uzi Vert's music, but so he do doesn't I. know how to read. Does he know how to read, Josh? I don't know if he knows how to read it. I know, it I know people like Chief Keith is, is autistic, and, and look what he's doing. Look, I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> he makes three times as much money as you do. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, better, maybe like he, 300 he times as count. much. That's a super fact. <laughs> yeah, he can he count. Can, he's count those greens. <laughs> That's a super R- fact. Apparently, R. Kelly can't read, though, by the way. Oh, <laughs> you know I didn't know that. <laughs> well, speaking of R. Kelly, that actually is leading us into the topic of today's entire show. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to kick things off by saying this. You know, the past few years have felt like a whirlwind of chaos that has only become even more tumultuous after Barack Obama left the White House. In 2016, the unthinkable happened when Donald Trump was elected as the leader of the free world. His... Hold on, who's laughing at that? Go I on. mean, it was the unthinkable. World. Are we really <laughs> yes. the free world? Go on. Okay, sorry. Uh, his divisive politics and racist rhetoric emboldened bigots and white nationalists to take their hoods off and even coordinate a rally where they marched down the streets of Charlottesville, Virginia, in the summer of 2017, shouting atrocities like, Jews will not replace us. Now, this infamous march led to the murder of progressive activist Heather Heyer, while dozens of others were hurt and injured. Despite the consequence of Trump's uh, election and his politics, last year we witnessed people like Kanye West fully embrace the MAGA ideology, while extremely problematic Brett Kavanaugh was placed on the Supreme Court in spite of his history of assaulting women, allegedly, and the attack of migrants seeking asylum and refuge in the U.S. erupted, will continue to erupt into a huge humanitarian crisis. 
Just when we thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Nonetheless, we managed to resist. Millions marched in support of women's rights. Women found a voice in the Me Too movement. Black folks found empowerment in Wakanda. And a group of teenagers in Parkland, Florida, changed the way we talk about and address gun violence in the U.S. Now, those were just some of the highlights and low points that encapsulated the past few years. Which brings us to 2019. Happy New Year, guys. Happy uh, New Year. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I know it was kind of depressing, but it's the start of a new year, and we wanted to talk about our predictions for this year and what we can do to affect the change we need in our communities and in the world at large. So we're starting this conversation with a discussion about our politics. And, of course, we want you to let your voice be heard on what you think will happen in 2019. So we just saw that Elizabeth Warren, she recently announced that she is forming an exploratory committee for a White House bid. More than likely, she's going to face a steep competition from a large cast of Democrats gearing up to run in the 2020 presidential race. I want to know from you guys, who do you think will be the next Democratic contender next year? Will it be Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, or, and I had to throw this one in there, Joe Biden? Alyssa? Oh, that's a good thing to throw in. You know, mm, this is a really, really hard question um, because there's so many people that might be running for office. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but I feel like people like Democrats are going to make a mistake and they're mm. going to go with somebody. I don't know. You know, like I can tell you who I want it to be. I'd like it to be either Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, to be honest. Um, you know, I don't know who else might jump in. There could be somebody else I'm not thinking of right now, but I feel like it's probably going to be Joe Biden, which I think he would make a good candidate. And it's not that I don't like him. I just feel like the Democratic Party is sort of like shifting more to the left. And like Joe Biden's still like this centrist white man. And, you know, I don't know, maybe he could beat Trump. But like, is that the only thing we want to consider when we're talking about the president? race. Good point, Alyssa. I want to throw it to you, Stanley, because there's a difference between who we want and I think who's most electable and can beat Trump. What's more important to you and who do you think will be the Democratic contender, Stanley? I think who we want needs to be both able to beat Trump and like good on the issues. I think Is that, that possible? Yeah, it's very possible. We're going to have like 57 people running for president so we can find a good candidate. I think right now that the most qualified person is Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. um, I think that she's just as progressive, if not, not, she's not more progressive than Bernie Sanders. Let's be clear about that. But I think what she has over him is a history of actually presenting legislation and like well thought out legislation, whether it was um, like pitching legislation a couple of years ago to reduce student loan interest rates to, to 0.1% or it was pitching the idea of public banks and allowing post offices to be to serve as like credit holders for people instead of rush cards. So she's actually been thinking about this stuff in a way that Senator Sanders, who has like pitched some really big, broad ideas, hasn't really been able to get into the minutia of policy that could impact regular people's lives. I think at the end of it, it's going to be Senator Sanders, and I think that we need to support him if it is. Okay, thank you for that, Stanley. Josh, who would you predict, if you had to right now, will be the Democratic contender? I think Bernie's definitely the front runner. Um, just he has the momentum going. He's the most popular senator in, in the country. Um, I agree with a lot of things Stanley said, though, about Elizabeth Warren, but I, I feel like she... I was high on her in 2016, but High on her? her what does that... 
Explain that to Edibles. the older folks I mean, here. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Warren to run more than probably anybody in 2016, but the way that she sort of was silent in that race and, like, didn't really back Bernie or even talk about the, the things that she herself had criticized Clinton about, I think she lost a lot of supporters on the left. And even with this whole Pocahontas thing that she kind of dug herself into with the DNA test, I think she'll be pressed to find the support that she once had. Um, I think a dark horse in this is Kamala Harris. Mm. Um, She's really popular nationally. And I think she could really get black people out to vote uh, the way Obama did. Really? That will really be, um, you know, that'll really be a determining factor in if the Democrats can pull this out and beat Donald Trump. My only issue with Kamala is that she's like extremely problematic on criminal justice legislation. Yep. That's my if that wasn't the case and she has like a lot of neoliberal leanings, leanings which mm-hmm. makes me nervous. I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, just we're getting a comment from Dara Kalima. Thank you so much for the comments. Thank you for everybody that's watching. Please tell us what you think. This is an interactive show. We want to hear from you. It is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Um, and she says, but so many people of color threw Warren out with a DNA test. Mm. And I think that's fair. But I also, to Stanley's point, that's a fair point, too. Kamala Harris was a prosecutor. She was, you know, yeah, she wants to make up for that. And she wants to, you know, try and do progressive criminal justice reform now. And I think that's good that people evolve. But part of her job and her career was locking people up and locking up people that were black and brown and being part of the system of mass incarceration. So, you know, that's a problem. And then you also have a lot of people talking about Beto or well, Beto or whoever you say his well, name. Well, ba- back to the, thank you so much, Dar, for that point about uh, Elizabeth Warren. Back to that point. So Elizabeth Warren is well aware of how problematic her statements have been. Just yesterday, she was in Iowa and she addressed those statements Head on. She said, you know what? Even though she's not apologizing for the ancestry test that she took, she said, I understand that tribalism and indigenous people, it's a bit it's a huge difference from having something in your DNA and being a part of that tribe or being able to identify as indigenous person. So she's getting in front of it. And if you ask me, Elizabeth Warren is definitely trying to court black and brown voters because she also hired and read a black woman as her chief of staff. So I think her her team, no, I don't, I'm not, I think her team is being very strategic and intentional about being more inclusive. But isn't that so obvious, though? Like, yeah. you just now hired a black chief of staff. Like, right. nobody on your, your team was black before. Yeah. Now, when you're about to run I for wouldn't say anyone was on her team, but she's the only Democratic senator to even have a black woman which as is, a chief of staff. Which, which is, oh, sorry to cut you off. I'd rather have a black woman as the president. Yeah, right. like, I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd rather have a black woman as a president. I don't really care about Democrats suddenly want to hire black people in high-level positions on their staff when they haven't done it before and they still don't do it. And the fact that she's the only black chief of staff and Republicans actually have more high-level black people on their staff is a joke. And, you know, what, what I take from this is just, you know, white supremacy works in the way that white people were always white. And that's what's happening here, too. Well, speaking of that and white supremacy, we have white nationalist chief, chief of staff. Donald Trump, um, chief of staff. Oh, sorry, I meant sorry. That's not chief what of idiocracy. Yes, that makes more sense. Um, Donald Trump, will he be impeached or resign in 2019? I want to get your predictions on that as well, Josh. He's got to resign. I mean, he's got to resign. <laughs> the tide is, you know, there's too much stuff. There's too much like people are are folding like you know dominoes. You know, they've apparently Mueller has stuff on his kids. So that, you know, even the Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka, they're worried about being indicted. So if it comes to that, I think Trump will cut a deal 
and just walk out because he never really wanted to be president in the first yeah. place. He didn't think he was going to be president. He was just doing this as a, you know, as a large marketing campaign for his brand. So I think, you know, he'll he'll wise up when when the before the. How do you say it? The fat lady sings. Wow. <laughs> um, Stanley, Josh says he sees Donald Trump resigning. What do you say? Yeah, I agree. And by the way, folks, if you're listening and you want to call in, give us a call at 212-650-6903. If you're listening on a podcast, leave us a comment on Twitter or Facebook. We will get back to you. He is going to resign. He is not going to be impeached. I don't think it makes sense to grind and impeach him because what's going to happen is his base is going to coalesce around him. I think more than likely he will cut a deal and he will snitch on a lot of people. Mm. And that's actually, it benefits us more if he snitches on people like, say, Mike Pence, because you know who's behind Mike Pence in the secession? Nancy Pelosi. Hello, somebody. Oh, my God. I would be so happy if Pelosi became president just by default. Not because I necessarily agree with everything she's done. I actually think, you know, some of her policies are very problematic, um, but just because, like, the poetic justice of it all, to be honest. And the first woman president being her, like, it would literally be, like, so poetic. Um, But just to answer this question, you know, I don't know. I'm going to break rank with you guys here. I don't think Donald Trump's going to resign. I could be wrong. Um, You know, they didn't think Nixon was going to resign. And then at some point, the Republicans came and tapped Nixon on the shoulder and they were like, we have the votes to remove you in the Senate. So, you know, go before we do. Right now, there's no they don't have those votes. There's not enough votes in the Senate to remove him. So even if the House was to impeach that mofo, um, <laughs> as Rashida Tlaib said this weekend, which was a great story, and I love that. Shout out to Rashida. Um, uh, I just don't think, I don't see Republicans impeaching or removing him in the Senate. And then I've had this conversation with you guys before. I see like a lot of blowback, just like what happened with Clinton. And then they don't have the votes to remove him. And then Republicans come out and they all vote for him because they're mad about the impeachment proceedings. And then he wins again in 2020, which would be bad. So, um, you know, I just I don't think that's a good idea. But, you know, I hope I'm wrong. Um, just going real quick to uh, a comment that we're getting. Dara says, I hope he stays until late 2019. He has to go in a way that also tanks Pence. If he and Pence have too much time to be quote unquote good, we won't get rid of this administration in 2020. And I think that's also a very fair comment. Thank you so much, Dara, for that. Thank you for that. We do have to go on a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, we're going to be asking what this new diverse, inclusive Congress might be doing for us in 2019. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Because I don't pay attention, I answered Selena just now. Go ahead, Selena. No, you're fine. Welcome back, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here with my co-host, Stanley Fritz, Alyssa Fuchs, and our guest correspondent Joshua Clennon and we're talking about our 2019 predictions what this year might mean so we know it was just a few days ago that the 116th Congress was sworn in and it happens to be the most diverse body of elected officials in Congress in the nation's history so um, with all of this diversity and inclusion especially when from women like we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez we have Ilham Omar we have a number of women representative lgbt representatives will this actually translate uh into policy and reform for underserved communities and i'll just start by answering my own question really quickly because i honestly do think this is very promising the um house already put a very progressive bill um on the front forefront already they want to make a number of changes to our voting um the the way that this the our voting system 
to make it more fair, fair and open for people. So I do think that they're starting off on a very strong foot, and I do see more of this translating into policy. Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sort of on the fence with this because I'm, I, I want to be optimistic because we have so many really good people on this. At the same time, I also recognize the numbers aren't there. Democrats don't hold the Senate. They don't have the presidency. They probably don't have enough votes to override a presidential veto. That said... So I'm not optimistic this stuff is going to happen right away because I just, you know, there there's other factors at play that, just, you know, Democrats can't control for. But I think it's good that Democrats are finally putting forth these priorities, even if they can't pass, because by putting forth these bills, even though, you know, they can't pass, you are telling people what your priorities are. That's why for the past two years, I've been saying Democrats should put out a budget, even though there's no way the Democrats budget is going to be passed. When the Democrats put out a budget, they can say, look, this is our budget. This is our priorities. These are the things that we want to do. And then when Republicans put out a budget, they can say, look at what Republicans want to do and look at what we want to do. And this is why you should vote for us in 2020. So, you know, that's sort of where I stand on that uh, for now. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And maybe there is some bipartisan things that can happen, like on criminal justice reform, which I know we're going to get to later on in the show. Josh, do you feel optimistic and hopeful about this new elected body of officials in Congress? Uh, I'm optimistic about the, the makeup. Yeah, it's politics as usual. The leadership hasn't changed. Um, they're not going to be able to really get anything done um, because of for the reasons that Alyssa mentioned. It's cool that, you know, we have some new rising stars that are in Congress and they're making noise and they're, you know, putting issues like, you know, new Green Deal on things like that and you know it's getting national attention and people are really talking about it so it's great they're starting these conversations and that will lead to you know people in different states pushing their elected officials to support these ideas so it's a nice little start but they ain't gonna get nothing done stanley i disagree with you guys so yeah maybe democrats only had a majority in congress but because they have the the house sorry in the house yes you know what they can do they can start to have hearings and do investigations. That's fair. You know what they can have hearings on? Universal health care. And like most people, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, what's the big deal about hearings? The big deal about hearings is when you finally start to have real conversations about the possibility of getting something done, it passes out information to everyone and shows you how real it is. And once you do that, it will just naturally build support for this bill so that by the time Democrats do get in full power, the likelihood of passing Medicare for all is a real thing. Also, I am over the moon about Ayanna Presley, the sister who's already been talking to Democratic donors like, yo, listen, do you really care about black voters? Do you really care about black people? Prove it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I love everything about her. Ilyam Omar, I'm so excited about these women mm-hmm. who are in power, who I hope that in, in 48 years we're talking about them running for president. So I, I'm so hopeful right now. Uh, you know, I just want to point out in terms of um, not only investigations, but they can they can open up investigations into Donald Trump. Things like his tax returns, like Maxine Waters is going to head the Financial Services Committee. So in yeah. that respect, yeah, I do think those things will happen. Yeah. So. And she'll have the power to subpoena uh, President Donald Trump. Uh, that being said, I'm glad that we did start talking about criminal justice reform because I want to get you guys predict, uh, predictions and thoughts on criminal justice reform in 2019. I want to start with the first 
First Step Act. So we know that President Trump, he signed the First Step Act into law. This is a criminal justice reform bill that contains pretty moderate changes to the federal system, uh, including like proportional sentencing and anti-recidivism programs. Now, Stanley, I know that you've been talking about the First Step Act a lot. I want to know if you can tell us more about this law and if we should champion around it or if it's just a very small step in a larger problem that needs to be addressed. So I want to first say that this is like a bill that has caused like a lot of strife in a criminal justice community and like and for reforming incarcerated people who are doing this work and uh, and some of the Uncle Toms who have led been in the forefront of supporting this. Um, not everyone who supported this has been an Uncle Tom, um, but like you know I think it's important to say that. This bill, I'm not upset about the people who are pushing this bill. I'm upset about the Republicans who have pushed this bill because there was better legislation that everyone agreed with that could have passed in 2010. And this bill will only impact about the hundred, a couple hundred thousand of folks who are in federal prisons right now. And also, you know, it just doesn't go far enough to have, at least in my opinion, justified working with this administration, especially when you have folks like the Koch brothers who are trying to privatize jails and prisons as much as possible. Uh, with that being said, we, we got to give respect and love and support to the people who have been in this fight and pushing for this, because even though I don't like it, there are a lot of folks whose lives it could change. And if that gives them more hope and if folks feel it's important, then I'm not going to get in their way. Josh, what do you feel about the First Step Act? I think it's like what it's called. It's a first, first step. step. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot more has to be done, but it's a first step. Um, at least they're they're getting something done. Um, it's it's miraculous that Donald Trump even uh, signed the bill into law. So didn't I'm Kim Kardashian have something to do with that? No, Kim Kardashian had nothing to do. No, with no, it. no, to get Donald Trump to actually. Um, so no. that's the rumor. Pretty much what happened was Jared Kushner has been pushing this. Leslie, you have any more information on that? Yeah, actually? no, no, no. I actually just wanted to chime in before and just like just clarify something that you said. The reason why this bill can only affect federal prisoners is because the federal government does not have the right to control what the states do. States have to do their own criminal justice reform, and you know I know that that's a big part of why a lot of stuff doesn't get done. The majority of people who are in prison and people who are in jail are incarcerated by the state, um, not by the federal government. So the federal government in and of itself is already limited in what it can do in terms of criminal justice reform because it can only affect federal prisoners. Um, you know, and, and to mm -hmm. Josh's point, yeah, it is exactly what it's called, a first step. Um, and I think that's good. There are problems with the bill, like such as expanding surveillance and, you know, privatization of, of certain industries, like, for example, people making money off of ankle bracelets and like Big Brother kind of tracking. And that stuff's really problematic. Um, at the end of the day, this is going to benefit people. So it's like this weird thing where, you know, we sort of have to be like, well, would we be better off without it? And I think the answer is no, but it's also not really the greatest piece of legislation either. Alyssa, uh, Stanley, you didn't get a chance to finish your thought or the question that I posed. Can you just clarify what role, can, or the rumors that Kim Kardashian helped get this uh, bill passed into law? So the folks feel like Kim Kardashian helped to soften Trump on this bill because she's been talking to him about clemency for certain folks. What actually happened was Trump did not want to support this. Jared Kushner um, and Van Jones and some other folks really pushed him on this. And then he spoke to a lot of people in law enforcement who felt like it was an OK bill because the Koch brothers were supporting it. The reason law enforcement and folks are supporting it is because of the e-carceration part. And what that means is like folks who are getting out, they still might have ankle bracelets. They still have might have monitors. Why this is a bad thing? Because you expand the prison system to outside of prison bars now because these people have to pay for these things right there. And they're not just surveilling them. They're surveilling the people around them. So it creates the opportunity to actually incarcerate more 
people just from like residual, just from like the ability to watch folks. It's a very dangerous slope. It's not just problematic. It is the next wave of problems in the prison system. So we should really talk about that at some point. Absolutely, we are. But we are going to move on just really quickly to maybe some a more positive perspective. We see uh, the fight to legalize marijuana. I want to just get really quickly Alyssa's thoughts on how you see this manifesting in 2019. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that uh, marijuana is going to become, actually, I'd really like to start calling it cannabis because marijuana is actually a racist term that was created to link this plant, um, which is a very, you know, uh, a positive thing and used as medication and also used for recreational purposes, um, you know, and has a lot of good values. But the word marijuana itself was used to link this to Mexicans in the 1930s. And so, yeah. And so, like, I actually think the first thing that we should do is to start calling it cannabis, which is actually the name of the plant if you take a botany class. Um, Mm. So I'm I'm happy. Um, I think there's a lot of we're going to see a lot of legalization um, going forward in 2019. What I'm I'm really going to have to wait on is how it goes forward because the big problem that we've seen in legalization so far is that people of color are mostly cut out of the process because in order to get licensed to open a business you need to have a lot of money um, and you need to have a lot of resources and of course because class and race play into each other a lot of times um, black and brown people have not been able to break into the industry so I, I hope that in New York and in other states that are going to legalize moving forward they are going to prioritize um, propping and lifting up uh, black and brown people into the industry um, in order to create equity. You know, Alyssa, I'm really glad that you brought up the racist history that's tied to cannabis and Mexicans because that actually leads us to our next topic of discussion, immigration reform, because we see uh, Donald Trump going hard and pushing for a wall to be built on the southern border that would prevent Mexicans and other people from Central America from migrating here. Uh, he's he's gone so far as he said he will Shut, the government is shut down and he will keep this shut down for years, if need be, just to build a wall. So, Joshua, I want to get your take on do you see them building a, a wall uh, in 2019? They better not do that because that'll be the end of it for me. But end of what? Which, once, what would you do? Listen, when, when tax season rolls around and people want them refund checks, you know, this is going to get settled. Because everybody, everybody's right base now. is going to be upset and they're going to have to come to some agreement. I mean, the wall is just ridiculous. It's not going to stop anything. You know, the Mexican cartels build tunnels anyway, so they'll build a tunnel underneath that wall and traffic it in. They literally well, have tunnels now that have so, that are powered by solar energy. They The wall doesn't right. matter. Well, I'll say this. So as of now, Trump has designated military personnel to be um, to that border, and they are building fences, and, and they are further building barriers in certain places. So it looks like the wall is actually going forward. Stanley. No. Th- there were already fences in a lot of parts there of the was. wall. No, they're adding and to it. Th- not, they're securing the yeah, fences that were already there. Yeah, yeah, they're just like sealing the holes that were there. That's a big difference than a concrete wall. Yeah, they like trying to make the Great Wall of China on the the Mexican border. That you know, the, the Great Wall of China destroyed three empires before it was completed. That's a good point. The, Trump is an idiot. The wall is not happening. Well, here's a few predictions. One, Mexico's not paying for the wall. Two, um, Democrats are not going to back the wall funding. Although, actually, you know, a Democrats, Schumer, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what's interesting about how this all ties together as the cannabis industry grows in the United States, Pun intended. You know, corporate cannabis is going to be responsible for why it really gets legalized in the, across the, you know, in every state yeah. and possibly federally. And then that's really going to hurt 
the the cartels in Mexico who have been like for you know for decades they've been the ones moving all the the cannabis into the United States and getting it to these dealers who are distributing it. So that that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. But kids, if you sell weed, you need to be looking into this stuff right now. Hello, like, somebody. You need to be getting your your little crew together, get your DBAs. putting your money together. Yeah, like start get your LLC and like look into like how you can get the licensing and everything. Um, well, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a green rush that is happening now, and a lot of people are investing into it. Uh, quickly, before we go to break, I just want to get Alyssa's last thoughts and words. When do you think this shutdown will actually end? Um, I think Josh sort of has a point there about tax returns, because right now there's nobody working at the IRS to process the tax returns. Um, and guess what? A lot of Trump supporters get tax returns, um, because a lot of Trump supporters are poor and white and, uh, probably racist um and you know when the money stops coming and they're like where's my tax return then there's going to be a lot of angry phone calls to republicans and to the white house and people are going to be like well guess what i care more about the money in my pocket and the fact i haven't got my tax return than i do about some stupid wall because at the end of the day that's what people really care about mid-february because that's when folks have had their w-2s and have submitted already absolutely so on that note don't go anywhere when we come back we're going to talk about surviving r kelly and if kevin hart's career will survive this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. WHCR 94.3 FM, New York. According to FEMA and the National Flood Insurance Program, any building located in an A or V zone is considered to be in a special flood hazard area. FEMA will not provide assistance to those in an A or V flood zone. If you live in an A or V flood zone, you must obtain flood insurance. For more information, visit www.fema.gov slash about FEMA. I didn't even know I was on. Okay, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. 212-650-6903 if you want to call us and leave a comment. Yes, and that was Cardi B Money, and I'm so glad we played that song. Shout out to Cardi B. But I ain't got no money. Um, so it just so happens that right before we went on break, Don L left a comment on our Facebook live feed. He says money motivated the move. And I'm pretty sure that is in reference to, um, the government shutdown. We asked the question of when will it end? Sounds like Don agrees with Josh. When it's time for us to get our IRS checks, money money will be the motivation to end this shutdown. Isn't money the motivation (laughs) for everything? It's the the motivation for uh, Cardi B as well. (laughs) Isn't that why, you know, R. Kelly was trying to shut down the documentary from coming out? Money, right? It affects his bottom line. Well, his streaming went up. (laughs) R. Kelly's streaming went up after his documentary. It actually actually helped him. He got a little bit. 
a little higher check this month. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we brought up R. Kelly because everyone's talking about surviving R. Kelly again. This is the docu-series on Lifetime in which at least 50 women um, are speaking out against the sexual assaults they either uh, witnessed themselves or endured themselves uh, at the hands of Robert Kelly. Stanley, you have been locked into this this docu-series, you even wrote a think piece about R. Kelly. What are your predictions about this man? Will he go to jail? Will he finally be thrown off of, of, of that throne of being like the king of R&B? No, after watching this documentary, Jacquees, you can have it. You're the king of R&B. <laughs> but that's one. Two, uh, I watched all six parts of that docu-series, and I thought I knew a lot about what he was doing. And I thought I knew a lot about the rumors, but this man is a monster. I don't think he'll go to jail. I just hope somebody meets him in the streets and beats the brakes off of him. And I, there's women he is currently holding hostage right now, at least six women, and I, and I hope that they go free. Honestly, my I don't have any predictions. Toxic masculinity and the hatred of black women is still prevalent in this country, and not just among white people, but among black people too. So I, I don't have any positive predictions on this. Well, one thing I'll say is I've been seeing a lot of feedback online and a lot of it is still in support of R. Kelly. I mean, there was this uh, little skit going around of about 10 or 15 black men and, and with a white man and a woman watching the docuseries. And they're like, oh, man, this is horrible. That could have been my mother. That could have been my sister. And then the one guy, he was like, well, look, bro, I ain't going to lie. I believe I can fly. still my favorite song. And then they all started jamming out to... Um, um, remix to ignition and like the girl jumped on a pole, on a stripper pole and the only person that was objecting was the white man. It was it was it was funny. A hotel probably wrote that. Mm. But I mean it's almost reflective to the backlash and the reaction that we're seeing online to surviving R. Kelly. I mean Josh, are you, what, what do you feel about R. Kelly the docu series and how people are responding? You know, I watched it and I really think that R. Kelly is like sick. There's like he's mentally like there's something wrong with him and like even from the interviews that they showed in the docuseries I don't think he really believes that what he's doing is wrong I think he understands like there's a negative perception about it but inherently he doesn't see it as wrong so he's like he needs help and I was more you know I was disgusted by him but I was also disgusted by the people who participated in the series because I felt like a lot of them who are like everybody's trying to say that they're naive they're victims but a lot of them are guilty as well you know they were complicit uh they knew this was going on and they never like tried to speak to anybody any authorities and really you know there were people who are participating in his sex acts with minors which was like to me, I was like, whoa, like Oh, like his manager and I mean. Yeah, like his yeah. manager or even like some of the women. I know one of the women who said that she was having threesomes with him and, and other sixteen year olds. Or like even the the girl who goes to the trial. You're in you're going to his trial and then you you go to his house after the well, it's well, like well let me let me, let me zoom that? it for a second. Like we don't wanna go down a road of victim blaming because the way abuse works, it like it does definitely has insidious and, and hurtful impacts on the, the on the victim. And that girl was fourteen years old when she was going to R. Kelly's child to support him. She was a child. The child is never wrong. It's a grown man. Now the managers, the men that helped him bring girls and women yeah. to his spaces, we can absolutely look at them crazy. You can even look at Sparkle crazy for knowing what he was doing and being like, Hey, meet my twelve year old cousin. But we don't we don't want to blame the victims. 
I don't care how old they are, assault can happen to anyone. Abuse can happen to anyone. And how people react to that, you know, we can't always understand unless you've been through it. Uh, you know, just to wrap this up, because, um, you, you know, one thing I, I will say is that, you know, we mentioned earlier that it seems like this is only helping R. Kelly because he is on tour right now. And Spotify said that his streams have actually increased. So it's not affecting his pockets in the way that I think it should. I think that the only positive prediction or outcome is that it's starting a dialogue and a very mm -hmm. real conversation, particularly in the black community, about abuse, sexual assault, rape and toxic black masculinity. I mean, it was just I think well, I, I saw online um, Little Wayne, he was talking about how he was raped as an 11 year old boy yeah. and then how his how baby who he used to work with also um, like almost like forced him into an, a sex act with a grown adult while he was still a teenager but yeah. he was saying it in a way like it was like he was boasting about it and it was just reflective of how sad this this epidemic is most of my friends lost their virginity to older women we were raped and but when you, when it happens to boys, we don't talk about it that way. We just talk about it as sex. That's but true. no, if you're 10 years old and you lose your virginity to a 15 year old per woman, girl, or a 30 year old woman, that's not cool. It, it, it's that's not very true. Um, yeah, I just want to give you some comments that we're getting. Dara says, thank you, Stanley. Let's blame R. Kelly and those complicit but not his victims. Um, Don L. actually says that he thinks some of this is a distraction from real issues, music, sports, celebrities. Um, and because we're paying attention to that, we're not paying attention to real things that are going on. I think to a certain extent that that's fair, but to another extent it's not because this is a real issue. It's not just about R. Kelly, right? It's about toxic masculinity. It's about um, you know a society in which women are not valued and in particular, women of color are not valued and trans women of color are not valued. And those are real issues and those are things that we need to be talking about. Um, and so to Selena's point, I think that it is really important um, that we look at this as a way to have this conversation. Um, you know, and yeah, maybe there's not going to be any legal consequences for R. Kelly because the statute of limitations on uh, many of these uh, alleged crimes has run. Um, but and, and I'm hoping that the Right now, maybe there's an initial like uptick in his streams, but I'm hoping that over the course of time, you're actually going to see him lose his following. Black women are not a distraction. This is not a distraction from anything. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Black women are not a distraction. This is important. Well, speaking of things that are important and about black, um, toxic black masculinity, uh, you know, Kevin Hart, who has stepped down from hosting the 2019 Academy Awards, he had a controversial interview with Ellen DeGeneres. And remind you, Ellen is almost like, Maybe the only comic comedian who's never had any controversy. So Kevin Hart went on her show. They had a I long mean, discussion. And she during that show, she said, you know, Kevin, I forgive you. You should host the Oscars. And I actually called the Academy to get you this gig back. Everyone has went... It went, when she said that and that happened, it definitely went crazy on social media. And people are now saying uh, that Ellen is complicit in the fight against anti-LGBTQ rights. Um, Alyssa, what is your take on this? And do you think in 2019 Kevin Hart will host the Oscars? Okay, so first things first. I want to just clarify. The most controversial thing that Ellen ever did was come out. Lost and it was money. hugely, hugely controversial. She lost her job. She lost her job. So, you know, like just want to put that out there. What I, I agree with you. Since then, she hasn't really done anything that's controversial. She's considered like the gay that all the white women like, you yeah. know, and, and that people like even if she's gay. Um, and that's fair. But yeah, it was super controversial when she came out. So, you know, credit to Ellen for that. I mean, on one level, 
Ellen's like queen of the gays for that reason. Um, you know, on the other level, I don't know if it's fair for Ellen to speak for everybody when it comes to Kevin Hart's problematic comments. Um, you know, like Ellen speaks for herself. There are many uh, LGBTQ people who agree with Ellen um, and are like, you know, these comments were in the past. He's evolved, uh, you know, just like Barack Obama wasn't necessarily for gay marriage at one point, And, you know, now he, he is and he evolved. Um, and there's other gay people that are like, nah, Kevin Hart's canceled, period. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think this just comes down to how you feel about it. How and do you feel? Is, Ke- is Kevin Hart canceled for you, Alyssa? No. Um, you know, honestly, I hate to say it. I'm sort of like indifferent to it. Really? Because um, like sort of on, you know, Donnell's point, I think some of this really is a distraction. Not, you no, know, the know, things that we talked about before. And, and, and you know, I said, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I do think some of it's a distraction. Whether or not I think he'll host, I don't think he'll host. I don't think the Academy is going to give him his job back. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. I just, like, I feel like there's so many other things. Like, I don't want to get my panties up in a bunch over this Kevin Hart yeah. thing. Stanley, really quickly, yes or no, will Kevin Hart host the Oscars because we have to move on? I don't know. I do think that I haven't followed this closely. I'm kind of like Alyssa. I do actually think this is the, this is the distraction. What I don't know if he's actually apologized or looked for retribution. I think that we can't just throw people away, especially if they're looking to find a way to apologize and be better. If he's done that, then he should host it. Well, I'll put this. So Vulture and CNN have both done an investigation to find these alleged receipts of Kevin Hart's apology. They found nothing. He's addressed it. He's danced around it. And he said, oh, I have apologized and I have addressed it. But has he... Besides the apology that he made a few weeks ago, there doesn't seem to be many receipts of him actually stepping up, Uh, making an apology, and then becoming an ally. It sounds like he's victim-blaming him. No, it sounds like he's trying to become the victim. But on that note, we're wrapping up. On that note, we're wrapping up. We're getting final thoughts. 30 seconds. We talked about all of the predictions that we want to see. What can and should we and our listeners be doing to make sure that we're affecting and impacting change? Stanley, quickly. We need to really aggressively educate people on sexual assault and abuse and what it looks like. And we need to aggressively educate and challenge our people to support and love black women, period. Alyssa, quickly, what can we do to affect the change we want to see in 2019? Organize, organize, organize. Oh, wow. And vote in 2020. <laughs> and that sums it up right there, Joshua. Yeah, I'd say the same organize and people got to have courage. You know, when you see people doing something wrong, like don't be afraid to be the first person to speak out because you can save so many other people from experiencing that. And I'll just end the show by saying this. You know, we've learned a lot of lessons in the past few years, even from like th- this controversy from with, with Kevin Hart that, that's unfolding before us. Um, you know, take it as a lesson learned, because I do think that maybe, you know, we weren't as involved in politics. Maybe we didn't vote in the 2016 election or the 2018 midterms. Whatever you feel that you did not do or you did something wrong or you didn't do more enough. Take that as a lesson learned into 2019 to step up, to speak out and make sure that whatever it is you take issue with, whether you're a black woman, a person of color or a member or ally of the LGBTQ community, make sure that you're stepping up this year to protect each other, to protect our rights and to protect our democracy. On that note, we are going to say goodbye for now, but we want to thank everyone again for tuning in via Facebook Live. We want to thank all of our uh, folks who listen via podcast. And, of course, if you want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, do so on our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash beheardradio. If you leave a, 
a donation and support us, we will continue to support the issues and the causes that matter to you.